0: you're listening to brave new words i'm your host ed fortune i'm starburst magazines literary editor and a bunch of other stuff um and um i'm here with i'm ross
1: i'm dal i'm producer al
0: and on today's show we're going to be talking about the extraordinary adventures of Baron Munchausen by James Wallace because we would review a Las Vegas, but we don't have it. So, uh, <laughs> coming up next, a jingle. This, this is Fab International. That was a jingle. It that was, was a, a jingle. jingle. That's a lovely jingle. Before we get into uh, the Las Vegas review, I mean, the extraordinary adventures of Baron Where Munchausen. Up, uh, I, i'm not angry at all um run are a lovely calm man that's the point um let's do some um stuff news so stuff has arrived in the um super secret um brave new words library book nook uh Essentially, we, we found our post box. This is the thing. We've been wandering through L-Space for some time, as regular listeners of the show will be aware. And uh, we follow the bunny, and we actually found a post, which was nice. We have owls. <coughs> and The owls have brought a, another J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. <coughs> the Spellbounding World of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts. Thank you to Lucret. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lucret! Um, now, it says Muggleworthy, and I don't know the spell to open it, so... Oh!
2: oh okay, so this one's entirely black. It has a little point of being shut that's shaped like a lock. From
0: Fantastic Beasts?
2: Yes. Oh. oh! Oh! Oh, so is this an American one? Because this is MACUSA, Magical Congress of the United States of America.
0: Fantastic Beasts again.
2: Yes, Fantastic Beasts again.
0: What is that? So that looks like a... Or something.
2: This is an office stationery set, which includes a folio, sticky notes, two paper clips, and a list pad. Ooh. stationery! It's 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 restickable notes, which might be known under a brand name under other circumstances.
0: Boys, well, notes that you can post. Yes, you can. You can Post them, like maybe post them notes. That'd be a good name for them. Yeah.
2: And two, like proper vintage, styly paper clips.
0: You could kill a man with those. Actually, you really could kill a man with those.
2: I'm not sure. I, I
0: think they're plastic.
2: Well,
0: you probably couldn't. Well,
2: you know, give me, give me enough.
0: Give, <laughs> give you me, en- give you, me
2: enough animosity.
0: Give me enough motivation. Yeah. And enough force. Yeah you just just cast a spell. But you need a wand for that. So. Are you having difficulty with the thing? No, it's
2: fine. Right. This is the exciting bit of radio where we have to very carefully peel off a sticker, which is very delicate, but it's this terrible radio. So, so that's like a file file thing it's a file I don't really know what to say about it other than that it's a file and
0: it's from the MACUSA
2: mm. well this is all MACUSA this bit we've got uh, a lined pad of kind of essentially like 19, like vintage st- shape uh, note paper no that that's not plastic
0: oh, that's metal oh they're nice so they're really solid paper clips. They've got the Illuminati eye. Yeah. Eye in a triangle.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thing. Yeah. Which, which isn't creepy at all. No. Oh, and they fit quite nicely on top of the folder briefing as well. And um, you appear to be trying to duel me.
2: You're terrible. Yes. What? 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 No, I, my thing is here, not over there. I'm
0: trying not to. A bend it or B break my fingers. Um, so that's that. That's that bit of the box, the stationary set. Well, we've more.
2: not really looked at the post at the at the at the, at the replaceable notes, Re-sticka- <laughs> restickable notes. They're restickable, stickable and restickable. Apparently, the magical exposure threat level is a is a what looks one of either Bert or Ernie.
0: We might it's not, have to explain. Not Dr. Elmo yet. The, the better, better any. Or not, actually. Shall we put those back in the box? I'm gonna dive in. I'm diving in. Oh, I think I think I've won the magical cold War. Cause it says here Harry Potter. Wizard, Harry,
2: did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Harry,
0: I think he did. No, he didn't. It was someone else, it was probably Voldemort. Um, I can't open this box.
2: I'm fairly sure he didn't say it like that. Either, it's, whole thing.
0: It, it's a very pretty box, it's a very pretty black box with silver ink on it. Uh, on the end of say, sorry,
2: did you just have a go at me for, for very carefully taking the sticker off and now you can't open the box? I
0: can't open the box, so hang on, it says Ollivander's. Harry Potter wand pen which tells me what's in the box so that's been spoiled for me already
2: no oh, you see I've, I've skipped the spoilers I'm reading the little piece of paper that tells you what, what's in the house
0: of, ooh. so in like a pen box <gasps> you demonstrate a pen with, is a wand um, and it's a pen and it's a very well weighted pen and it scribbles lovely as well that is beautifully weighted, actually, in that bit. So the so the cap. So this is a brown, heavy ballpoint pen, which is very nicely weighted, but it's quite a heavy thing because it's clearly got a, a steel container. And you're like books. What's this got to do with books? It's Harry Potter. So and the lid. It's a
2: pen. It's for writing a book.
0: And stationary as well. It's for making notes. And the lid is very long and big and it's uh, the bit of a wand so you can do this it is literally a pen that is mightier than a sword I think that's heavy enough to stun someone
2: again with enough force
0: you could use that like a cobotan you could, you know, like, you know
2: would you get this through uh, through security checks for a claim?
0: no, I don't think mm. you would disappoint It's a bit too heavy. It's a bit too solid. It really does. It's like a thin baton. Yes. You could. You could. You could certainly do some damage. You could do some damage with a normal regular pen. In fairness.
2: Be, yeah. I. I. I've spent too much of my life being slightly traumatized by various episodes of the BBC series Spooks.
0: Okay. Shall we move on to the <laughs> rest of the box? Yeah. <laughs> There, is that a scarf? I like scarves. Oh, it's Gryffindor.
2: Yes, apparently. I'm assuming at some point the people at Loot Crate have asked us what house we believe we are.
0: I believe the show. Right. Is Gryffindor.
2: Okay. Let's not examine that for too long. Um, the, the, but
0: the individuals being mostly Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin.
2: I've never done the thing, I don't know. Um,
0: totally, totally Ravenclaw.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but according to the. Here, the piece of paper that is here is the stuff that is in your box. You would have got the scarf um, that features your house colours and crest, from which I'm aware now that there's a lot of shades of grey in the Hogwarts school uniform.
0: What's next is that sweets.
2: No, that's. No, we going to come back to that.
0: Shall we come back to the sweets? Shall yeah. we say the sweets again? So. This is a thing that I am opening. It's a brooch. It's a brooch. It's not a brooch, though, it's got the... It is a brooch, but it's pin badge brooch, as in it's the shape of a brooch with a big S on it. It's Salazar Slytherin's Locket...
2: It... Salazar, Salazar Slytherin. Yeah. If you listen to me reading the thing out, Locket Enamel Pin.
0: Okay. So it's a Slytherin pin. Is this it's not? a Horcrux. Yeah, it's a Horcrux.
2: The next He's... in our Horcrux pin series, this is the safest way to wear this particular nasty, particularly nasty bit of jewellery.
0: Why, why, why would you wear a Horcrux?
2: Who, who wants to wear a Horcrux? It. it says the man taking it off its backing.
0: And pinning it to his chest. Yeah. It feels slightly more evil. I don't know why.
2: You, you have gone like full Harry Potter here because you're now wearing the scarf you're about to be wearing the horcrux and you're already wearing the t-shirt that they sent us previously
1: i am
0: hmm what oh. what yes i have to i have to take this 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 badge off um i put it on i suddenly wanted to vote conservative um a bit of politics. politics yes but, uh, yes anyway or cheap laugh, depending oh. uh,
2: Okay, so the last thing is a small pink box.
0: They're not sweets, are
2: they? Uh, it's, it's marked Honeydukes. But, but they the, are sweets. But there is a very small, very subtle little green sticker that says, not edible, non-comestible, comestible, uh, which I believe is probably French for don't eat this, you'll die.
0: Oh, yes, right, Uh,
2: oh. And there's a, some slightly bigger stickers that say that these are erasers. That's a chocolate frog. It is a chocolate frog. There is also a sugar skull, which is, again, weighty. I think with enough force behind it, you can probably take out somebody's eye with this. Um, But it's just beautifully finished off uh, with all sorts of attention to detail on it.
0: This is one of those things that it's really pretty in the box and it looks lovely in the box, but if you keep it in the box, you never get to see them. And you kind of just want these. Because this is a chocolate frog, and it's not an eraser.
2: Uh, there is also a cauldron cake and a jelly slug. And these all, these all remind me of being in, like... Oh, they remind me of being in junior school. And when I was in junior school, I had, like, an eraser collection. And I had, like, when I was a kid, erasers that were all sorts of weird shapes and colours and themes were a Thing, they were massively a thing, um, because you know I'm I'm so decrepit and all that we had to write stuff on books in schools, um, as opposed to typing everything, uh, and and I had loads of these, and this re- oh, mm. and this reminds me of look, that one. This reminds me of like being a kid in school. Also, I got a brownie badge for that collection.
0: You see, these are definitely erasers. And they're heavy enough to work as an eraser. Mm-hmm. Quite a few normal lovely erasers are a bit thin. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to use any of these as an eraser. Uh, I these. think the one I would least
2: want to use is the sugar skull, just because that's going to go brown. Yeah,
0: it's going to go pencil very quickly. Yeah.
2: But they come with a useful little box thing that you could get other things in as well. Yeah.
0: So what you're saying is, you... so I'm
2: I'm suspecting there may be things in, in future loot crates that you would also be able to store in this box.
0: I, well, you could always because
2: store they might your... they make, for example, do a pencil sharpener.
0: You you could always store. It was your... shaped
2: like something from Honeydukes.
0: You store you store your cursed brooch. So anyway, let's put that away and let's get on with the rest of the show. We have a <laughs> lovely Harry Potter it's a weird idea we'll get into that now shall we um, it's a weird idea I don't know if you've encountered this at all Ross or yeah. um, the, the idea of having a subscription box we, we covered it on the old show we covered a thing called uh, the writer's crate of which one appeared and then it vanished
1: oh yes I remember that
0: but Luke Crit are the people who if they didn't invent it they're the ones who made it successful
1: yeah if they didn't invent it they've got the better marketing
0: um, but they do so. Works. so they'll do specific fandoms so they came to us and they went, like, Are you interested in the Serenity box? And we were like, <gasps> No, because we're a bookshop. Um, Del- what are one. you doing? <laughs> what? Edge! Yes, but we can't review it on the show. Yes, so we can't do but it. But
1: there's books.
0: It's not a book thing, it's a TV show. It's got books in it.
1: But there's no, the, the bridge between Firefly and Serenity is graphic novels. Mm. We could have done it in. That's it. We and, resigned, and they never saw Dell again.
0: <laughs> but why have you had the option of Harry Potter instead?
1: Oh, okay, but, oh. <laughs> oh, okay, which
0: are actual books, and then they made movies and graphic novels. Did they make graphic novels? They yeah. should.
1: Are they, they made high? a play.
0: You've been to see the play.
1: I've been to see the play <laughs> very recently.
0: Did you like the play?
3: I have not seen the play. Oh, she's got a badge,
2: and has got a tote bag, so I'm guessing yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have not yet seen it. I would like to see
1: it. But hashtag keep the secrets. So yeah, that's no, it. I loved it.
0: But that's so, all I'm saying. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I should ask Del about the play, and then you're wearing this badge. In. Keep the secrets, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, don't ask. But well, you th- can th- ask-
1: buy the script. Yeah, you can. which is fine. But I think the whole point is, if you've read the script, don't. Talk about it yeah. because some people like I, I knew nothing, but I'm also very good at avoiding spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, well done, so, that's
0: yeah. a life skill these days.
3: Yeah,
0: so the bit where he has
3: to on get a CV? the <laughs> avoided spoilers and don't, for no, no, no. that should be a, a marketable skill.
0: So the bit where Harry, where the older Harry Potter has to get the festival to 88 miles per hour, <laughs> using, totally happened using lightning from a town hall. It, the, the, that's totally part of it yes
1: yeah obviously because uh, it's fine festivals don't need roads
0: exactly yeah <laughs> but only where you're going <laughs> <laughs> oh oh that. sorry we're still on the Harry so there's a Harry Potter loop it's got things in we tell you about them you know how there's ghosts in Hogwarts yes Yes. and like loads of ghosts in Hogwarts and stuff yep. so a load of the older students now will be able to see
1: festivals Y- mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Like if you were first year. A
1: lot, a lot of students would be able to see Thestrals now.
0: So, like, so if you're a first year and you come to the school and you're looking around and there's people doing this and patting. It's great radio. Patting thin air yeah. because there's there's ghost horses everywhere. And then you get confused and then there's those, oh no, they're the people who've just had tragedy in their lives. Yep. And you should realise it's like every other, other person that you've met. That's That's. I'm transferring do Boebachsons do vaccines, do, do, well, do transfers
1: The the other thing to remember as well is that they tried to keep it so that only people of 17 and above were part of the battle of Hogwarts so it should and then they'd have finished for the year so it should only be the final year students that there would be any students left who remembered unless some people went back because this, this is one of the things I've often wondered about the people who missed a, a year of school because of being in hiding. Did they go back and make that time up or were people just like, you probably know stuff now? <laughs> there you what go. One of these things where we don't really know how no. the education's, you know, are there resits
2: for your, for, your, <laughs> for your exams, you know? Can, can, can you reset owls and newts if you don't do brilliantly the first time round? Is there a fee for that? What does the Ministry's
1: just, equivalent of Ofsted say about that? I envisage that there's no no idea of resets is ever mentioned. It seems quite final that your results are your results. That's I'm sure they'd
0: no be no, that that that's stress. unfair <laughs> because Oculi okay, Surely you go, ah, uh, but you've already done the exam, memory me charm. Go off and do it again. Nah. Also also in a world where magic magic mind bending exists how can you actually fail an exam Shall you just find someone who's willing to it's like it, don't copy my notes copy my brain and just like you know here it is get it get a perceive out
1: I would envisage with the amount of cheat, anti-cheat charms and stuff that would yeah. have been used that that's something they'd have thought That's of. not cheating. We also how is that not cheating it's, it's not, the same as copying
0: it's not cheating you're taking someone else's memories integrating them into your own and then therefore you know it so because the point of cheating at an exam is say you were to cheat a medical exam and then someone was to have a, 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 an appropriate medical incident in front of you if you cheated at the exam you couldn't help them so, so like you've cheated it, you've made it entirely pointless it's Whereas, still
1: cheating it's, it's n- gaining reward for someone else's work it's essentially plagiarism You've not put that time and effort into learning that thing that someone else has, and you're just appropriating that information.
0: But isn't that SparkNotes, which you can use to enhance your your, your working? Surely, surely, if I could, if, no, because you didn't if, read them. If I could take, an, if I could, if I could put if a USB stick into the side of my head, and then upload two years worth of a skill again, like, like The Matrix, you like The Matrix. I would do that, and that's not cheating. But you're not getting
1: tested on that. The test, a test, is to test your ability but, to apply but information to, that you have learned.
0: I'd want to be tested on that because once I've like uploaded the skill, I then have to integrate it into what I know and into my of 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 the established levels of ignorance. So therefore, no, because I still might get it wrong uh, because I, because I'm just I have no you know because I have prebuilt biases.
1: That USB stick was designed for someone to do that, though, whereas someone working really hard to learn a lot of information has not been done so that you can then come and take that information and have it in seconds. But if
0: I was a swot at Hogwarts who also wanted to make some money, I would totally do that. I'd be like, copy my brain, there we go. Ignore the ignore the. No, there's got to stuff. be
2: dodgy consequences to that. Yeah, and oh, I'm, not sure. so, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not sure how much about that. pocket money isn't that people, people at, the at Hogwarts have. Isn't that the plot of have? one of the books? One of the characters does that?
0: Oh, yeah, actually. Isn't that isn't that the entire plot of the second book? Yes. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, that's a point. Yeah, <laughs> That's part of your soul. I was going to say two other things. Out. One,
3: some of the students at Hogwarts are clearly... Uh, no, some students don't go to Hogwarts. They're homeschooled. To, there's only about forty students in a year. There's only about two hundred eighty wizards per, gen- in Hogwarts oh, at a time. Anyway, but, it looks on.
2: a lot more than that in the long shots of the banqueting hall. Yes,
3: no, but there's only ten it's... in. Yeah, but the all okay. If you if you go through the Harry Potter books and just look at Gryffindor, there are five boys and maybe five girls in that door, and they're about even. I think it's a, it seems to be about ten students per year.
1: That's not very many, really. Is I know it is right. it, something that I've thought about. If you. <laughs> Ultimately also, Fred and George not everybody will qualify. be part of everybody's life. Not everybody will talk to everybody. So there's potentially there potentially are Gryffindors who are never named because there's only three named Gryffindor girls in <sighs> Harry Ron and Hermione's year, if I'm getting that right.
3: Hermione there's one of the
1: Hermione, patrons. Lavender, and yeah um Pad, Pad no yeah, Padma, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um are
3: Okay, so, it be, so it might be
1: eight but the thing is that you could like you said there could be loads it doesn't mean they're all getting sorted into the same house houses mm. there might have been just a boatload of Hufflepuffs that year
0: I yeah. think I made this joke before on the show but I would unfortunately be Ravenclaw as a punishment because I'd be like we're disembodied sentience hi so at which point the sorting hat would be like do not cheering test the sorting hat <laughs> um, and also Ravenclaw and they're like really okay
1: I don't think that would necessarily make you ravenclaw.
0: Yeah, as Ross pointed out at some point, it would also potentially make you slytherin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: yeah, but no, it's, it, it's tricky. But no, it, it,
2: now, I'm intrigued it. now as to whether actually the sorting hat goes, OK, so I've got 40 kids and some of them could go either way. And what balances do I need to do so that they're all roughly even at the end of the day? I don't think he
1: does, cause that's not how it works.
3: Well, OK, there's a question, though. I want to achieve that thing. Is that bravery or ambition? No.
1: How do you tell a
3: Gryffindor from a Slytherin?
0: They're very similar, which is one of the... One of, the problems I have with the real Slytherin the PA. because everyone's like, Slytherin are house evil, and it's like, I like no, I no it in ways.
1: That's, and I don't think that's in, like inherently said, the point they make is that well, Ron says like there's not a witch or wizard who went bad that wasn't from Slytherin, suggesting that, that all of the Death Eaters were Slytherin when the old stuff was going on
0: but um, Ron is Gryffindor. Yeah,
1: Ron is Gryffindor. So serious black. Not, that's not suggesting that everyone, everyone in Slytherin is evil, but it's suggesting that the characteristics that Slytherin, Slytherin looked for maybe does have an easier tendency to fall on that path.
0: Alternatively, Ron has inherited his bigotries, of which he has several, mm. from his parents, who are also Gryffindor. No, actually, that's wrong. Uh, his parents aren't Gryffindor, but he's he's inherited Gryffindor uh, bigotries. And that's one of the things that Rowling does. Is actually, uh, actually she says, "Yes, stop calling racist. yourself the good guy, because you might not be." Ron is uh,
3: racist, yeah. Well, yes, well, Ronnie's yeah. Ron Ron is Ron Ron has raised so, in a culture where yes. he's
0: not thought about it, which is mm. more a more useful lesson, because everyone's told that racism is bad, but many people aren't told why racism is bad, mm. and I' given that, that that ten minutes to sit down and have a very hard think and go, "Oh no, hang on." Yeah. <laughs> That's actually just a shitty thing to do to human beings. That's what I was gonna say Sirius
3: Black being, you know, quite well known as a villain through the first to, to the wizarding community for quite a few of the books. Um is also a Gryffindor. That's true actually. He's been in prison for an awful long time. He's you know, he's quite well known as a villain unless you don't know which <laughs> Harry spends most see, of the learning
0: you so. see now what I'm thinking now is that in, in my own kind of little fan fiction brain I think a Slytherin has decided to cheat at their owl exams <laughs> have taken a part of their brain and mm. been handing that round and unfortunately that kid was evil <laughs> so that's why you've got a whole load of really dodgy Slytherins because they've all cheated the same I way
1: I think Slytherin like Salazar Slytherin's characteristics are. Especially if you take that, those sorts of characteristics and put them in a children's book, it's like that is unlikely to have been a nice man. Mm. And so there is a house founded on a man who thinks essentially eugenics are the way to go. Um, so there's. Yes. there's, there's, there's there, I think that the house has come from a not nice person.
3: Yeah.
1: But there are. I don't think it's said that all Slytherins are bad. It's just that, for, as, as a form of device, the majority of Slytherins you meet within the story aren't nice people. I
3: find the, it... the division is probably, it seems to be slightly more... Um, OK, from what I've said before, I want that thing. If I bra- I want it and I can achieve it, that's Gryffindor. I want it and I'm entitled to it, because possibly because of this bloodline mm-hmm. family and everything Everything I've got, that's a little, most of it. I think
1: the difference between bravery and ambition... In, in terms of from that aspect and look at one being good and one being bad you can really only put it down to intention as far as I see it, it's an intention thing
0: there's a thing called College of Wizardry which is a um, LARP in Poland where they've shaved off all the serial numbers and it's not it's definitely not Harry Potter LARP uh, one of others, absolutely not and <laughs> obviously you should get the Harry Potter look great but anyway um, <laughs> turn up to this castle in Poland and it looks amazing and everyone does this kind of thing. Um, Can we go? Ha- yes, I'd yeah. love to. Um, it's quite. A, it's an expensive pot holiday for middle-class people, essentially. Okay. But one of the houses isn't... The, they aren't, people are too expensive. They aren't Slytherin. Um, there isn't Slytherin, because obviously you can't do that because they get sued. Yeah. Um, but there is a house that I was reading the description it's like, this is House Machiavelli.
2: Cool.
0: Uh, by people who've actually read Machiavelli and yeah. realised that the prince is meant to be a parody. Uh, yeah. The prince is meant to be a parody, by the way um so yes um should we actually oh before we we carry on should we do tap or shall we do a book
1: well i think we
0: should do <gasps> postman the postman's the arrived, postman. arrived in the
1: post room The post. Um,
0: quite literally whilst we've been recording this the uh, postman has arrived uh which explains because we're in the mailroom room. Mm so yes. we have paused.
3: Um, One, Fred and George managed to get out of Hogwarts, didn't pass the newts at all and made a business. Two, the guy who runs the League Cauldron is probably not necessarily you, most of academic.
2: In the but, it's, but Fred and George way. is self-employment, isn't it? So they're not yeah. relying on working for anybody else and therefore having the right qualifications. Yeah. True. Because it seems if you want well, to work for the Ministry that, you have to have mm. your owls and newts or whatever. I, what? have, people I, I have apprenticeships. Yes, I have stuff
1: you have post- I mean, that's, it was me. Mean- to you.
3: I'm dealing with other
1: things. It's uh, mean that the postman didn't take us with him, but at least he left us things. Mm-hmm. We've got a book.
0: Shocking. Killing is My Business by Adam Christopher. Ooh, oh, this- Adam
1: Christopher. Yes. That's um, a, a f- f- fictional... Oh, what take hold? A Adam- It's
0: not Adam
3: Christopher a natural
1: No, is uh, books. Books. <laughs> Adam Christopher. Are
3: we doing an impromptu judge by its cover?
0: Well, yes, but also I I know I know what this book is. Uh, Raymond Chandler meets Philip Kiddick in a new standalone adventure featuring robot hitman Raymond Electromatic. Uh, curling is my business or Curling is my business Ok I'm glad
2: I've
3: read um, the
0: title that. Apologies I thought you said Curling is my business Which would have been A
3: very That'd different book That
2: would be a
0: book. Scottish version <laughs> I, I, No no but seriously I'd read that um, Another golden morning in the city town And a new memory tape For the intepid PI Turned hit man And the last robot left In working order Raymond Electromatic when his comrade in Electric Arms, Ada, assigns a new morning roster of clientele, we're held out into the LA sun, only to find his skills might be rustier than he expected. Um, he he does these as a bunch of uh, standalones, and they're available on Titan, which is lovely. Um, yay! We like Titan, Titan, lovely. Empire State. Yes. Which... Empire State,
1: debris novel, yes. For which... some reason, it's not listed in... You know, like when you go to the also available from Adam Christopher... It, Empire State isn't written on there. He's written
0: quite a few things.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, but that, just because Empire State was his debut, and that's the one that I remember seeing his name first. You have ooh.
0: another book. Ooh, I have another book. Oh,
1: that's ooh. Ooh. This is an ooh
0: one. Well, is, this is Anleki. Uh, We've
1: talked about Unlucky before.
0: Author of and you justice, Hugo ne- Neville, and author C. Clark Award winner. Um, we we will we will get to the Clark Awards, but not on this show. Um, well, like on this show, but not on this episode. I mean, we'll talk about that <laughs> at some point. Um, but yes, Providence, Um Oh, it's one of those where I've just got like the book itself, and it just says powerful, engaging, provocative, unexpected. Uh, it's the uh, the next series. The the it's sorry, it's the latest from Anlechi. It's not connected to the Ancillary series, as I understand it. The Imperial Ratched um, trilogy. It's it's own one thing. Uh, I'm very excited by that and I will
1: get around to reading that. Did you say this was... Sorry, going back to the Adam Christopher no. book, did you did the thing say it was a standalone? Yes. Because it says book two. <laughs> the um, back of it has made to kill. A lo- you know when they have a picture of other covers that, that's made to kill so and it's got the same little robot face? Made to kill. So it's in a world and a character, but it's not a series. Yes. Interesting. So like, it's like almost monster of the week as opposed to... Overriding arc,
0: like Discworld novels. Yeah.
1: Okay. It just, but the idea of saying the LA trilogy book two suggests it's a trilogy, <laughs> which sounds a bit like a series. It does. And that I need it? to have read book one.
0: I think what they're saying by saying it's a standalone
1: is that you don't need to have read book one, but please do buy book one. Um, do we think that this is connected to? Um, Sledge Lit last November, me and Ross went to a panel that was about Can Fantasy... Is Fantasy Always a Series? No, a but one of the things that was... And I know I've mentioned it before because it's a really interesting panel. But, but actually, one of the things they discussed is writing can be very difficult because you can write a book and then your publishers will say, right, turn it into a trilogy. But when you write the second one, you have to end it in such a way that if they decide not to do the third one, there's enough of a story ended so I wonder if that's something like what's happened here then because the fact that it says specifically it's a trilogy but then all the marketing says it's a standalone I'm not I just don't I personally just don't think that works that's something I find
0: fascinating about the way the industry is set now yes is that let's take Genevieve Cogman for an example the Invisible Library series is a series that we love it's great fun but she wrote the first one and we talked to her at the time and she was like is there a sequel and she was like i hope so because i have more stories to tell and she originally wanted to do just three books but by the time she got by the time she got to the second or third one it sold enough and there were enough people going is there more and she was like well no there is more because i want to write more um so yeah, so now it's a series, and it's the same with the Laundry series. The Laundry series is ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. Uh, same with the Ben Aaronovitch books, Rivers mm. of London. It's like they, sometimes, if the author is willing and the fans are well, uh, fa- fans are able, yeah, the other way around, fans are willing and the author is able, a series will just run. Um, there, there is that other thing about uh, you were watching the House of Cards, the BBC version. Mm. And we were remarking about the thing about the first house of cards book.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, so this is not a spoiler. I don't it's w- been
2: twenty odd years, thirty years.
3: Well, at oh.
0: Radio Bookworm on Twitter, if you want to complain. So is the American series based on a British series? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't
2: know. Which this. is based on a book.
3: Which is based okay. on a
0: book, but it's not a spoiler. Okay. At the end of the first book, yep. it definitely ends, and there should be no sequels. Right. Okay, the way it ends, ends very firmly. Yep. And then there's a sequel. And you're like, how? Mm. And it doesn't explain, it just carries on. Mm. And what happened was there was a TV series.
2: That did rather well.
0: The book sold rather well. And the, the writer just went, do you know what? I would have actually, had I not finished it the mm. way I finished it, I would have written Mo anyway. And someone's dro- driven to my house with a big truck of money <gasps> I love it when I get a big truck of
2: money. Big trucks of yeah, money now quick. I've the American version. I've seen Series One, which is very similar to the BBC Series One, but I haven't seen any of the subsequent series. And I'm guessing, given the number of series the Netflix version is now up to, that they must have veered off at some point. It's it a, a bit f- like
1: because um, there's the British version of The Office, which is Ricky Gervais, which I think was maybe one or two series. Yeah. But the American Office went.
2: Yeah, for well, quite a few yeah. series.
1: So I think the first series, from the sounds of it, is quite similar to the UK version. Yeah. But then they were like, ultimately, the characters are different. They have different stories to tell, and I went fa- a different way. I find
0: it fascinating that the mistress subplot in that bo- in that book mm. um, in in House Cards, which is in the book and is in the BBC TV series, isn't in the American TV series. It 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 is, but not the same way. Yeah the the things that the things that British sensibilities find really creepy about that relationship yeah
2: yeah that's not in there
0: that's not in there
2: yeah and, it's... and I was I was reminded when I watched that again earlier this week exactly how creepy that is because I was just going oh I I had forgotten about exactly how uncomfortable that is and And it was oh oh
0: and that's because american moralities are different Mm. um i mean you know we share very similar sensibility uh, as nations but american moralities are different and they looked at that and they went right so the people who would be creeped out won't watch the show and the people who who definitely will be be um this will appeal to we don't want watching the show so we'll just remove <laughs> that entirely yeah and you're just like there's a there's an interview with someone who they explain that and you're just like right okay and it also apparently you know the a potential um senator having the fair is shocking enough yeah apparently
2: yeah which is yeah nonsense. i can see why they've gone off differently in the american tv version because american politics is Works very differently to UK politics, very
1: differently. Yeah,
3: I don't know what you're talking about yet because I haven't seen
0: it already. Yeah. Already, it. um, it, it's been around for some time, I'm sure. Um, we ahead. will eventually get to uh, the Baron Munchausen, <laughs> um, one of these weeks. <laughs> one of these weeks, no, we'll get there, um, <laughs> and we'll get there on the show. Uh, we're just taking our time, yeah, we're not you know, as long as it's taking for me to receive my copy of the Las Vegas, so anyway. <laughs> We we will get to yes, the adventures of Iron Man, What
1: stuff are you holding?
0: I, I, oh um so we get some odd things in the post. Sometimes we get books. Sometimes we get books. Sometimes we get um. how <laughs> <laughs>
1: been <they're> attacked again.
0: <laughs> so um, we got, we got a, a wolf in the post. We got a wolf's head in the post. We literally, literally opened up um a huge box, and you know one of those big kind of boxes. We look at it and we're in the book nook and we go, what's this huge book? Bo- huge, huge box? Is it food? Uh, and we open it up. Please <laughs> let
3: it be food.
2: <laughs> it, be food?
0: Um,
3: it was
2: quite and light. I it 47
1: days since we had a muffin. And, and Ooh, muffin. We open it up
0: and the first thing I found was the severed neck of a wolf and then a wolf's head. Um, so what we've got here, utterly bizarrely, uh, is... Game of Thrones, can you can you pass me the other two? Because I think we got the first one a while. But the Game of Thrones, three uh, D masks and wall mounts. And these are books. These are literally books. Mm. I haven't um, seen
3: one of these in a while. Because I remember as a kid building a Starship Enterprise and mostly using sellotape rather
0: than glue. But
3: so this is this is on
0: Carlton Carlton books. Um,
1: there's,
3: a, there's a lot of things coming back which I don't know. Maybe they used to be thought of as kids. I don't know whether they used to be thought of as kids books. But, you know, there's the Coding books and the Where's Wally redos of, with other things. and
0: There's a couple of reasons for that, and I should ex- actually explain to regular listeners. Don't worry, the entire series of the show will not be us about talking about, like, cool stuff that's only tangentially related to books. It just seems to be this show. Yes, it It just seems to be this show where we've got, we've got loads of stuff that we just want to talk about. So, Coding books have sent this free. They sent us a wolf's head. It's literally a wolf's head, but it's made out of cardboard. And prettily
1: um, folded cardboard as well. Ooh, like. Very
0: prettily. Well, what you get is you get a book, which uh, so this one is the one I'm holding in my hand is for the dragon.
3: Yeah. It's quite large. It's um, oh what... maps. Oh, it's got a
0: map of Bastos in the
2: front.
3: Ooh. It's about a sort of square foot. This cover. It's cover It's it's large and wide. it's large and square. Yeah. And then you've so... got a set of
0: instructions and a quick explanation of the world. So is this the House of? Oh. So that's that's Stark for the wolf's head. Okay. And then they do House
2: Stark, Direwolf, House Targaryen, Dragon, House Lannister, Lion, and White Walker.
0: So you can have the severed head of a zombie monster
2: mounted on a well,
0: wolf We've already got some of those, surely, haven't we? Um, well, yes, but that's why we've got.
3: This. That's why we've got this postman.
0: But... Well, yes. Um, it's the wrong show to talk about Zombie. Baby. Uh, if you listen to the Starburst podcast, uh, which is the magazine, the main central magazine podcast, you'll all you'll know all about Zombie. Baby. Um, but this is not a case for Zombie, Baby. The Zom Baby would probably want to wear that mask. That is creepy. It's also kind of cool. The thing is, it comes with it's it. It's
1: nicely designed.
0: Mm, it fits on head. It, you can put it on your head. Yeah. And uh, we have. So it comes. It's in, also
3: attacked me twice, though. So. Yeah.
0: So there's the mask bit, yep. Um, and then there's a planter bit. So essentially, what you do is you get a little instruction booklet, which also explains House Targaryen, or House Stark, or all the rest of it. Yes, no, no, I, I, it,
3: this is sensible. I like this because one, you you will mount this bit on the wall, and you'll, the other bit will get taken off when you're drunk and be put up on people's heads. They planned so, for this.
0: So you've got like a, a baseboard, which is the back of the book, which is a big thick piece of foam. Yep. Um, which you then kind of put together.
2: Do you have to glue these or do they just slot in?
0: Um, the salad tips has used on the one that we Ah.
2: Ah.
0: Um,
3: yeah, I remember putting my press together with salad tape. I also remember it falling
0: apart. We, I quite like this. I mean, it's, it, it's nice. It's a lovely I'm, idea. Ooh. I mean, I have a feeling that it will, I have a feeling like if me, I would break this a lot. They
3: not to the same level of detail, I think, because this is, this is quite sophisticated. This is you know an adult should do this rather than a kid should do this. But mm-hmm. they did um, a Doctor Who one of these not a few years back with you know you could get a TARDIS and a canine and not an awful lot else. I think. Aww. I actually did actually no, I've, no on, I've seen this in Doctor Magazine recently as well. They're doing because um, this is a, a whole thing. <coughs> They're doing a uh, pe- uh, Doctor Who paper dolls thing. You know the thing where oh, you go, yeah. yeah, where you've you've got a picture of presumably you know a doctor in a slightly less dressed form and add costume onto them, we, in, with you know pushing tabs through slots in. And
1: for some people, I suppose that will depend on which doctor it is as to whether they add clothes. Yeah, I. I've... Ooh, okay. Nick and David Tennant dolls. <laughs> <laughs> we've
0: got okay, we have got on a tangent. we've tangent. I From from the limited
3: amount I've looked at the magazine, you know, which covered this part of this. I don't think the Doctors are that less clad. I think it's more a case of, okay, the fourth Doctor is down to his shirt, rather, than, and you can add a jacket and scarf onto that of your choice.
0: Okay, uh, that's, that's exciting.
3: Yes, the eighth Doctor is down to his waistcoat. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> this is the least exciting game of strip poker now. <laughs> I'd be massively
0: disappointed if you were to undress Paul McGann and then suddenly you got to the, you know, that was it. You just get to the waistcoat and it's like, there's no more clothes for me to take off.
2: What? Paul McGann...
0: I have not met yet, yet.
3: I have not yet met Paul McGann, but I imagine he might be disappointed too. Uh, apparently, he produce- in Bristol,
2: he can be found campaigning um, during various elections for one of the UK's political
1: um, parties. Producer, i met Paul McGann.
2: Oh. No. I've met Paul. One McGann. of my, my exciting new internet friends has met him, and, and uh-huh. just similarly, Squeed.
0: I've met Paul McGann. He was lovely. Mm, he was absolutely lovely, and the massive flirt, which is famous. And... <laughs> So those are the Game of Thrones um, masks. They come in House Stark, Direwolf, White Walker, House Lannister, and Dragon's Head. Um, it's very hard to present a podcast where swearing a paper mask or be a dragon. Uh, but we're going the, to try. But we can try. Um, no, that's going to sound terrible, to be honest. Also, the glasses
2: make it look
0: weird. Also, the glasses. Oh, well, hang on, I just put the glasses <laughs> over. There we go. The oh yeah, that's not Now
1: no, he looks like Granny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Granny, how big your eyes are! <laughs> what
1: big teeth you've got! <laughs> I can
0: just wear it as a hat. You, you, you could wear You
2: could, but let's
1: not.
0: Um, I don't know why I like um, hats. Hang on, producer Al does officially look cute in hats. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the wolf is attacking people again! Oh, it's like that bit from a company of the wolves where they haven't quite got the special effects right. And like this, just like, a, like kind of a fairy stall flying at people.
1: Oh, they've used high quality tape on this as well although it is so did make... they send one to you mate yes yes, yes. We ah, have okay
0: yeah no cause... yeah i've
1: had to re-stick some of that today
0: because otherwise if we tried to this the entire library would be on fire it's <laughs> you, you, you know <laughs> covered <there's>, in
1: bees <laughs>
0: covered in bees everything on fire
1: That, that excellent
0: sort of city
2: <laughs> it's very slowly sliding down my face <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is great radio. It is
0: great radio. I I, I don't want to describe the fact that the wolf's nose is slowly like sliding into your chest. If you yes, but if you do now, you look like some random like character from a fantasy movie because you've got the like producer. I yeah. was
3: wearing the mask head on her, so so the
0: so the, the jaw, so the chin is resting on her forehead. So you can pull it down and then you can charge into battle.
1: You're either some form of like ah. amazing assassin, or this is anime and you're a teen desperately trying to join like some magic troop.
0: Or alternatively, just a LARPer. because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's about larp standard, like he said.
3: It's I'm not... excited
2: about the dragon one, though.
0: I suspect that probably
3: isn't. LARP. it wouldn't stand up being in a larp.
0: It wouldn't stand being a larp for about, it would last for about two minutes. Yeah. And then it would rain because yes. it's larp and you're in a field in England and it's going to rain and you're slowly sinking in mud and you want a burger and your feet and it's larp and yay! See, the last LARP, LARP,
3: larp I did, I was indoors and that happened.
0: It? <laughs> it's that it, it's full, realistic, medieval experience you get with larp, by mm. which I mean you're quite likely to get piles. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and possibly a communicable disease.
1: Excellent. So, and books. Yes,
0: books. Anyway, so um the adventure the the extraordinary <laughs> adventures of Baron Munchausen. So, so, tell us at
3: the time you ran a podcast.
0: <laughs> we should explain the book first. So, yes, we okay, should. Okay. So, James Wallace is a chap and if you're listening James which you might be, uh, we've been teasing slightly about Las Vegas, which is a book that he has written. It's it's done, it's ready. The PDFs have come out, but the physical hard copies of the books haven't Come out, and it's been a while. It's been slightly mocked because it's been on Kickstarter four years ago. So, the Exonian Adventures of Baron Munchausen—the original book—came out about a decade ago, more than that the original book is ninety-eight. So, that's a long time. I guess, that's, that's two decades ago, 20, twenty years 20 ago. Years, yeah. Years. yeah. So, the first version came out twenty years ago, and it was literally a pamphlet. It is two pages of rules, yes, and it was very simple. And the the, uh, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen is a book that details a game that you can play. So, the game that you play is this. Uh, I will do it very simply. Yes. Um, you sit around in the circle with your friends. With uh, alcohol. With alcohol, preferably. You don't have to. And you have a pile of tokens, which are normally cash or possibly, like, not real cash, but, you know, Monopoly money or mm-hmm. poker, poker chips or the way I've played it several times, shot glasses. Um, I
3: played it also with a deck of cards. But okay. okay. Um, you just have a pile of cards. See, Did the deck of
0: cards win? <laughs> no 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 you,
3: just as for a representative of you have a pile of tokens in front of you I had all I had on me at the time was a deck of cards everybody received some cards anyway we're selling the rules explanation
0: yes so you all sit around and the way it starts is that someone says so and tell me a story and then they give you a prompt a storytelling prompt and then so
3: Del tell us of the time you accidentally impregnated the Pope
0: for example, and then you can interrupt that storytelling <laughs> at any point by saying, "But surely, Baron." And then you add a story uh, thing. And if they disagree with that, they go no, and then they give them you give them a coin. Uh, and if you want to give, if you want to ask them a question, you give them a coin. So a coin, a token is exchanged to interrupt the person's story. And if they don't want to be interrupted, they give it back.
3: In-game, this is considered an insult. I, 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 I've, ch- I've challenged the veracity of your story by interjecting with something, and you go, no, oh, it's, this is the what? I guess, and you will pass the coins back.
0: And but, the concept behind it is it's to be performed, the, the storytelling is to be performed as if you were the legendary Baron Manchhausen, who is, a, who is a, you know, a... 17th century, I mean, is that right? Yes, 17, dot, dot.
3: 17... 17-ish. So 18th century,
0: then. Um, I always get confused about that. Um... <laughs> Mm. talker of nonsense essentially no 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 no. all those stories genuinely happened so he was a hero who went to the moon saved the Prussian empire impregnated the Pope you believe it when the doctor did it all of those and also it was a movie by um, Terry Jones Terry Gilliam Gilliam? there was a movie by Terry Gilliam where essentially the premise behind the movie was that there were a bunch of people under siege and there was the baron ranch and he was talking nonsense to these children because the children were terrified because the city was under siege and then and it's just not a spoiler for a movie that's also quite old. Uh, and then suddenly, 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 it's all true, and the Baron is a hero, and he can save you all. And it's a marvelous movie, and you should go and see it. Um, and it'll be on if it's not on Netflix, it's on Amazon. You can find it somewhere, I'm sure. And um, so, what James Wallace has done is it's taken him twenty years to take a book that was a pam- pamphlet and turn it into a book that is hundred and thirty oh, pages. No 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 um, he,
3: no this is the third edition. The second edition, because 'cause I've got a copy of that and that's about a decade old as well, is a full ninety page something or other. So Okay. This is yeah, this is an expansion to that. This is the third edition, where he's gone a little bit further than that.
0: Okay, but what we're saying is that a uh, weight of several years is standard for James Wallace. Uh <laughs> You just got kind of like that guy from this. <laughs> really oh, <not>. right. <laughs> but um We but, were gonna tell him we would we'd reviewed this show <laughs> the show he well, we should listen to. Um but no it's <laughs> It's an extraordinary book. It's great fan. I'm going to pass that across. It is a lovely book. Um, it looks
1: nice as well.
0: You might be thinking, well, how do you turn that tiny game? Because it's a tiny game. Mm-hmm. Tiny, tiny rules. You can play it in the car. You can explain it to children. I have done it. How do you turn that into a 130-page book? And the answer is by providing shed loads of source material mm. to tell stories.
3: In the form of, the Baron tells you how to play the game.
0: And so it's very wordy, it's very verbose, it talks Mm. a lot of nonsense all the way through, and it's full of variations. Yes. Uh, I have played with Mm -hmm. six-year-olds, my cousin the Baron, several times. Um, I've I've, I've excised bits, depending Mm -hmm. on what we want to play. But there's a version where you're literally saying, my friend the Baron has a bunny rabbit, and then you turn around to the six-year-old in your life, and they go... They have to add to that. And they go, my friend, my 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 friend, Aaron, has a bunny rabbit with green glowing ears, and you go around in the circle until the bunny rabbit eventually has uh, green glowing ears, uh, can fly, uh, is president of America, and so on. And it's the first it's person, funny. and it's the first person to forget the list of things. And okay, as a simple that's a mm. game that's in the book. As a simple game mm. for kids, it's brilliant because about a week later. We ended up playing a much more simplified version of the Baron Munchausen game because the kids were just encouraged to make stuff up, and it's a lovely way to warm up young minds because Ooh. they've got all the imagination, none of the confidence.
3: I, I will contradict slightly because my mind's even I think it's the uncle, the Baron, but okay. Uh, is the is that the game? It's not it's not a memory game of remembering all the things that you've attributed to the bunny rabbit or to the Baron, for, for that matter. It's you're trying to one up them on my yeah. uncle Baron is you know my Baron has three bunnies and a tiger and you know. A, Gerbil, named Harold. I
1: don't know this one here because there's one, there's, I think there was a My Uncle the Baron back there, and then there's My Uncle the Baron once. And it appears that My Uncle, yeah, there's My Uncle the Baron. Okay. And then My Uncle the Baron once is like My Uncle the Baron, the example it has here. Um, so being a selection of brief stories suitable for commencing the game for those without imagination or the uncles to provide their own. Um, so it's like my uncle the baron once crossed the english channel on a seahorse found a gold mine in wales shot two pheasants with the same bullet so this is definitely a list sorry. Right,
3: there are two games so, yeah, in this there's book. Two, okay.
1: two my uncle the baron there's, there's also more... my shorter uncle the baron <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: Brilliant. more there's more than two so what i did with that book is what i essentially did was i played all the junior versions of kids what I discovered is I could play the most... I found the most basic junior version, which is a list. Yeah. And then later on, I built it up and built it up and built it up. Yeah. So there's enough in there for you to... For, for kids, because as as he puts in a very, verbose way, kids have all of the imagination and all the confidence, and it's a wonderful way to, to get them into it. There and are I, a
3: bunch of prompts in there for imagination generation purposes as well.
0: And you don't have to be the Baron Munchausen. No, They're, you
3: can be... Yeah, the the basic, well, the, the second edition you you can be a table of nobles of all various different statues. but yes, the the, the third edition adds a lot of variation.
0: I particularly like the idea of bringing Jane Austen and uh, not Jane Austen, she's not fictional, uh, Elizabeth Bennet Bennett and uh, Jane Eyre into mm. into a room. So
3: Jane Eyre, tell us how you defeated the Daleks at Westminster.
0: Widow, <laughs> I married. What <laughs> um, you, you, you can. T- this is the kind of story you can tell. Pride and Prejudice and Daleks.
2: You know, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was not as bad as I was expecting
1: it to be. Didn't they make a film of it as well? Yes. yes. Matt
0: Smith's in it. Yes, cool. Do
1: it with Doug. But I, think, I don't think that that idea of taking something and then adding a new genre to it, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, the, the old format of the show, when this used to be the bookworm i reviewed um abraham lincoln vampire hunter brilliant book i learned so much about the american civil war from that book it is essentially a this is what happened in the american civil war this so that you can understand it but in a really entertaining way because they were like how can we explain this aspect of social change vampires how can we explain this like aspect of political warfare vampires brilliant (laughs) so good
0: Pride and Prejudice and Zombies isn't a very good book. The movie is really fun. And one of the things the movie does is when we sat and watched it with our friend Paula. Yes. And Paula's a massive Pride and Prejudice fan. Yes. And one of the points that she made, and it's 100% true and it's 100% deliberate, is there's a bunch of stuff in the Pride and Prejudice canon that isn't in the book
1: oh absolutely
0: and there's scenes that people will tell you are 100% in the book that aren't there that have been in uh, TV adaptations and all the rest of it oh yeah and Friend Richards and Zombies the movie is a pick and mix of all of the stuff yeah. that people will swear blind is in the book, books but actually isn't <laughs> well the
1: BBC were very um, I watched a really interesting interview about like the, the famous like Colin Firth BBC one yeah um, and they were saying that like, the book is is Jane Austen writing what she knows which is what women see and there's basically no scenes involving just men because she doesn't know that world mm. so she wrote the world she knew there was the bbc adaptation there's loads of things that they were like well that's not really the story that people want or are entertained by anymore and they were very honest they were like yeah we absolutely created things that therefore we could see the lives of men in this story that Jane Austen wrote
0: but there's also the little things like um, them getting married together at the, the same time mm. thing, which is a convenience for the movies you only <laughs> really have to shoot one wedding scene yeah, um, and it totally isn't in the books because that yeah. would be outrageous it would be ridiculous but obviously every other movie you see has it in. And clearly Pride and Prejudice and Zombies has it in. And yet again we've veered away, alas so we have veered away from uh, The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Manchazen. Um, it which came is the way he... from
1: the idea of storytelling it's fine. Which is the
0: way we'd want it to be fair. As a book I think it's absolutely marvellous. Would I recommend it to my friends? Yes. Uh, would I use it as an inspiration to create an show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Would I play it with my friends? Absolutely. Um, should you play it with your friends? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's on Fantasy Flight, which is an um, unusual label. Mm. They're better known for creating books, but they do create these little mini novellas. I think we reviewed Android. Um, we did. We, I think on the, almost when we finished, like very mm. early in the show, we, in, we reviewed some of their Android books, which are cyberpunk science fiction stuff. Uh, I think we, in fact, reviewed Monitor, which is the one that's also about Gamergate in Wearing a Hat. Uh, it's sort of certainly about Gamergate. But um, yes. Um, There's got lots of versions. you read the other two versions? I mean, I've does, read the second version. How does the. I, I remember reading the first oh. version because the first version was free. Um, okay. How does it compare?
3: Uh, well, so the second edition pr- primarily is You Are Noble Setting Around a Table. Regaling stories about what you would do if you were an 18th century noble person. Um, the variations. I, I, I attended a playtesting session, which eventually became this third book. Uh, so I've uh, done the the supervillains variation, where because, because there are considerable variations on what you can do with it. For example, you can be a supervillain, where you are a crowd of supervillains. Each of you, have, you know, you t- so tell us at the time that you tried to take over the world using cheese and a uh, moat, and you know they will have to. So, you know, begin that story. But if rather than a full five minute story of that, you will interject at some point and say, and how did Danger Mouse, Mouse foil your plan? And you go, right, and that's why we're all sitting around this table moping over our drinks because we've all been defeated by whatever it was.
0: There's a version, there's a variation here called Inventors which is described as patent nonsense. Mm-hmm. There is Munchausen Crescent. Yes. Oh, lovely. There's a monster mashup. There's one where you play...
3: Dolly's Hill the, the, the fictional version we mentioned with Jane Eyre earlier, by the way, you can be Captain Kirk, you can talk everyone can. You know, you can be any character you you wish to. around the t- sitting, sitting around the table.
0: Protagonists in this style of play, all the members of the company take on the roles of well-known characters from a well-known literary works. So we talked about this a moment ago. Yes. Before the player begins, each identifies themselves to the company with the following example shown: I am Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. I am interested in the theatre, short sword fighting, and the supernatural. Oh. That's going to turn out
2: badly, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although it is very forward to <laughs> introduce myself. Uh, I am Elizabeth Bennett of Meriton, a young lady who much in want of a husband. Or, quite simply, me Tarzan. Uh, <laughs> there is a, a, cave,
3: there's a Neolithic version. You can be cavemen. Uh, you're, you're describing things that you know adventures we have done. So, how you invent cake?
1: And excellent. Yes, you're you are you're
3: not allowed to use adverbs or adjectives because they've not been invented yet. Um, you're extremely limited on the amount of polysyllabic words. Uh, and even... everybody is referred to as og. It's not the
2: invention of cake to do with um, sugar.
3: Mm. Yes, but just because um, that's how we've invented cake doesn't mean that some caveman yes, didn't invent it and call it something else. I mean, you know, it, it might have been. It would have been cake. It would have been rock cake
0: made out of literal rock. But other than that, yes. The um, bounds game for early settlers of Stone Age being the people of caves or cave catan. Um, how these early inhabitants recently discovered or invented a certain necessi- 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 necessity? I can't say the word necessity. 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 of great value, including uh, escaping dinosaurs, waging war, neighboring tribes, or driving rival species, or ev- or everything else. The recent game is already like that. That has been around for a while, which I believe is called Oak um, where it's a role playing game, where the only person who can speak in full language is the games master, and everyone else at all times can only speak with the words that are on their character sheet. And these words are og, ug, og, ug, og, ug, og, 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 Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and if you're a very brainy caveman, you get the extra special word, which is anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> and different kinds of cavemen have different abilities. So you Ooh. get... Um, artie, artie cavemen can also Draw. So, Ooh. when I played it, there was a. Essentially, because it's a game around water past and things that you can see. And I have a very fond memory of a friend of mine waving a picture of a very crude dinosaur with an arrow pointing at me because it was a dinosaur behind me. To which, <laughs> to which being a bravery dinosaur, uh, um, caveman, I decided to invent it. He went, and I went, I did this terrorism! And I got eaten. Um, <laughs> so, yes, um, that's a different kind of game games are good games are good this is so this is a book for game it is not a book that tells you the extraordinary it's not an adaptation of the movie it's not anything like that you might be you know forgiven for thinking it is and um,
3: it recommends a lot of cognac it, it does say that if you have too many players that you should you know pull your resources together and just invade belgium but
2: <laughs> it's is that not just a, 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 a advice for life
0: yes That's fair, that's also true. In fairness, Mm -hmm. you could not buy this book and just sit in a pub explaining the rules to the fans and players.
3: I have done this. I did this in an Irish pub explicitly because I thought Irish people are going to be great at telling this game, and none of the people sat around the tent were Irish.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, anyway. Um, (laughs) They they were all very good at it, though. (laughs) I've played this with writers, authors, and James Wallace himself. It's a great game. I think you should. Should you buy this book? Yes, you should buy this book for other people. Um, mostly because you should buy this book, read it, and then buy another copy for someone else so they can play it with you. So they then give it to someone else who then plays the game because people should play games and we should be creative. And anything that includes, I keep every time I tell people what I do for a living, people say, Oh, well, I want to be a writer. And it's like, Do you tell stories? When was the last time you told a story? When was the last time you told a story for the joy of telling a story? Not because you want to be J.K. Rowling, not because you want to be George Orwell Martin. Not because you want to market cardboard wolf masks. <laughs> Ultimately, if you want to tell stories and you don't know where to start, yes, mm. get the extraordinary adventures of Baron Munchausen, and it might very well change your life. It yes,
3: loosen you a bit, get you get the creative stuff going.
0: Gosh, that was that was almost like we planned that. We've been the. Brave New Words Bookworm Podcast. Uh, you can find us in Starbus Magazine, you can find us on starbusmagazine.com, you can find us on Fab Radio International, and you can also find us at Radio Bookworm on the Twitters. You can also find us on the internet, and you can send us a raven, owl, or telepathic message if you're able to do so.
2: Uh, bye! bye. bye.